Hello, and welcome to Witchy Woman Podcast. I am your host, Danae Sweet, and this is episode 108. Today, we're going to talk about jewelry in witchcraft. We're going to talk charms, amulets, and talismans. I know I've done an episode like this kind of before, but this will be completely different. I don't know if that makes sense, but anywho, let's start with some smoke cleansing. I am using mugwort this morning. I have no idea why. just felt like using it. Getting it lit. Man, that shit went off. Now, let's draw a card. I'm using the Spellcasting Oracle cards again. (laughs) I love them. All right, let's get... And yes, there are some of you that probably do tarot or cards in general and don't, like, shuffle them like I'm a poker player, but I like to do that. (laughs) So, I'm really sorry if if that's not how you do it. It's how I do it. (laughs) Let's get them shuffled up pretty good there. Maybe one more. Okay. Okay, what do we need to know that's most important to us this week? Cutting once, flipping it over. Happiness. I got the card of happiness. So this week, (laughs) I know is rough on a lot of us here in the U.S. that are going through this cold snap. (laughs) But find what makes you happy and help you uh, get through this um, final bit of the storms and stuff that we're having here. Um, I know happiness is going to feel a little bit elusive if you're freezing your ass off in your house without any power, but remember the things that do make you happy. Like yesterday I was, or yesterday, day before, whatever, I'm tired of this fucking snow, so I bought a cheap bird feeder at the dollar store and painted it rainbow and glittery. Yes, it's safe for birds. I make sure I sealed it all so the glitter doesn't come off. But anyway, um, that brought me joy. It made me fucking smile. (laughs) So this week, try to focus on one thing a day to make you smile. If that's your favorite song, if that's dancing, um, drawing, doing some artwork, whatever that is for you that makes you happy. If that's baking yourself a pan of brownies, do that. <laughs> but this week, do something intentional. I think the, the, the thing I'm getting, the message I'm getting the most uh, prevalent here is to be intentional with trying to seek your happiness this week. So instead of just wishing shit was better, Things suck, but (laughs) you can do some things intentionally to make your day better. And that is the message for you this week. All right, let's get to it. So for me, uh, jewelry plays a large role in my practice as well as in my mundane life. I'm... I'm a self-admitted crystal addict, <laughs> so naturally I'm drawn to like everything shiny and com- like colorful. Basically, I'm a crow. Um, I like to wear rings and necklaces and bracelets. Sometimes it's just to match my outfit or maybe the mood of the day. If I'm feeling a little, you know, prickly and I don't want anybody screwing with me, I will wear like black clothing and all black <laughs> jewelry. Um, I'm pretty like... I'm pretty predictable as far as that goes. Like, I'm probably going to wear something that mirrors or tries to help my mood. Um, I also, like, I do wear them for medical, physical, and magical reasons, like boosting my energy, for protection, self-love. You know, you you get the idea. Um, I also have pieces that I specifically wear for ritual or spell work that are 
I don't know, they're just kind of extra special to me. And those make me feel certain ways to empower my magic and, uh, and my spiritual practice. Some of my favorite crystals um, are smoky quartz and garnet. So I tend to have a lot of pieces with those crystals in particular in, in my jewelry. I just, I don't know, I love the way certain crystals make me feel. And I can't help but incorporate that into my choices for jewelry. So as I mentioned before, I know I've done an episode before on amulets and talismans, but this one is going to be a bit different. I want to talk about some well-known pieces of jewelry or examples of talismans and um, amulets, as well as history of wearing jewelry for magical and spiritual purposes. So (laughs) let's refresh first on the definitions of talismans and charms and amulets so that we're all on the same page in case you have not listened to that episode yet. So a charm is any object you wear or carry that is empowered by magic. You've, if you've done a, you've done a spell or like intention work for that particular object to do something specific for you as you wear or carry it. Okay, so a talisman and an amulet both technically are charms. An amulet is a charm that has been empowered specifically to protect, banish, shield you, that kind of stuff. A talisman is a charm that has been empowered to amplify, draw to you, or attract certain attributes and energies. I was reading an article about this, and the author Matt Oren, of the, and I'll, I'll link the um, article in this, but he had a great way to remember the differences. Think of the word amulet and say, am you let it go? <laughs> so that's the banishing, protecting, pushing away the energies that you don't want. So am you let it go? And talisman, say talisman as talismanifest or attracting or manifesting something. Um, I just felt that was absolutely perfect if you have a hard time remembering the differences between amulets um, and talismans. But I'm, I'll link the article in the show notes for that if you want to read the whole article. So now that we have the basics out of the way, let's start with a little history on using charms. Let's start in ancient Egypt first. Um, That's the most prevalent examples of early um, use of these that I could find online. So in the Badarian period around 5000 BCE to to 4000 BCE is when um, I found the first example. Some of the most early talismans, the the most common talismans that I could find um, in ancient Egypt are the Ankh and the I or Ankh. I I should probably, let me Google that really quick. Okay, so it's Ankh is what it says. (laughs) So that is one of the first examples I could find in the Eye of Horus. The Eye of Horus represents the new eye given given to Horus by the god Thoth as a replacement for the old eye that he lost during a battle with Horus's uh, uncle Seth. I know that's like, if you're not into Egyptian um, mythology, that probably like means nothing to you. But anyway, (laughs) I wanted to give you an idea of what it's for. Um, Also, in ancient Egypt, they could represent deities. And the scarab was used as a symbol um, of the god uh, Kepri, who was the god of the morning sun or creation, um, like the beginning of life. Women of ancient Egypt wore amulets for protection during childbirth. And these charms in ancient Egypt were most often made out of stone, wood, bone, and gold. For like um, royalty and super important people, they included precious gems, which were often even worn in death to prove their status and value in the afterlife. Um, 
they even use charms in medicine. <laughs> That's just, I found, I love that. <laughs> so the way they dealt with medicine, because there really wasn't a distinction between like medicine and uh, magical stuff. So when you got sick, you, like the, the healer would come to you and they would give you a mundane cure. So you needed an herb tincture for something um but it was also accompanied by a magical ritual to help you get better and often those um rituals included talismans to bring you um health and wellness or a uh, amulet to protect you from any kind of evil that was infiltrating your body and making you sick ancient romans they also used charms talismans and amulets uh i found more information on specific gems and materials used in their culture than than i could find in the egypt one but jupiter is represented they had all their gods i'm going to talk about their gods now their their god jupiter was represented represented on uh chalcedony soul on heliotrope mars on red jasper ceres on green jasper and um I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Bacchus, I think, B-A-C-C-H-U-S on Amethyst. <laughs> I, I love that. I found a cool example of using jewelry to hold a substance as well. So the uh, Thetford Treasure, uh, which is a hoard of like British, Romano British metalwork found by this guy, Arthur. Um, and that was found near uh, Thetford in Norfolk, uh, England. In all of the discovery of items they did find... Um, a gold box necklace charm that found uh, that they found sulfur in it to repel evil. So it was a little charm, like a like a little locket thing, and it was um, used to repel evil. I thought that was cool. Um, in the Middle East and across Asia, there's lots of history using charms in religion and spiritual practices. I love when I started researching everything, and I find a theme that I find across like most cultures. To me, when when this happens, when I find that kind of thing, it just reinforces that humanity is so connected, that our ancient history is similar in a way that we protected ourselves and honored deities similarly. Like, we may have different cultures, geographic locations, but across the globe, we can find archaeological proof that different cultures did similar practices, even though they're separated by you know, oceans and mountains and thousands and thousands of miles and belief systems. I find that it's just so cool that, you know, that Native Americans used uh, talismans and amulets, but so did um, Buddhists and um, the Japanese, the Chinese. I just find that so cool that that we have that similarity. So when, when I think about how different I feel like we are from each other, I think about the things that I research like that. I'm like, you know what? Deep down, we're way more similar than we think. Okay, I'll get off that. <laughs> um, let's touch on Abrahamic religions and the history of that group of beliefs. Beliefs, Jesus. Mercury has got me, guys. Like, for real, just got me. Yesterday, the TV died while I was doing a yoga out uh, workout on, like, on the internet. Um, our pipes froze in half of the house. It's just, I cannot make the sentences, so I literally had to, like, write down notes to do this one because my mouth is not doing what it's supposed to do. So, if I say something wrong or if I stumble during this episode with my words, I'm so sorry. It, like, Mercury got me. I am a casualty of retrograde, officially. (laughs) 
<laughs> so anyway, so I found that Judaism, Christianity, and Muslims, just to name a few, um, also use charms in their religious practices. The most simple example I could find was when someone is super sick or on their deathbed, um, a Bible or holy book will be placed with them, near them, or underneath their mattress for protection and for comfort. Um, there are many examples in Judaism, such as King Solomon's amulets, his keys, um, which aren't like actual keys, but anyway, <laughs> they also have texts that serve as charms, like the silver scroll dated at 630 BCE and the mm-hmm, mezuzah and tefillin. A ma- mezuzah, uh, M-E-Z-U-Z-A-H, is a scroll held in a leather holder with verses from the Torah inscribed upon it. So, and the tefillin are small leather boxes inscribed with verses from the Torah and are to be worn like necklaces. Um, I found a rather interesting account of a rabbi and Kabbalist that was said to be an expert on the use of magical charms. He was accused, this is so, this is, I I know, I just love this for some reason because it felt like the witchcraft trials for me (laughs) like it felt very similar so he was accused of causing a fire that started in his house and then wiped out the whole jewish quarter of frankfurt this is where it gets interesting he was also said to have prevented the extinguishing of the fire with water because he wanted to test the power of his amulets oh boy he was imprisoned and forced to resign from his post and leave the city so they just yeeted him the fuck out of there because you know he burnt shit. <laughs> but I don't know why. Maybe it's the fact that I'm just so tired and done with this cold weather or Mercury has like smashed me uh, that I find it funny. But I was researching this and got the giggles so bad that my I always drink, drink an orange drink in the morning with my uh, collagen powder and that came out my nose. That was interesting. <laughs> but anyway, I found that hilarious. I don't know why. So let's move on to Christianity and the use of charms called sacramentals. And yes, they use them. In Catholicism, they use them but specify that they get their power from the blessing of the Catholic Church. So rosaries, uh, cross necklaces, statues of Mother Mary and Jesus, um, and candles. They're all okay as long as they are an item that the Catholic Church deems appropriate. So let's break it down a bit. So the crucifix is to ward off evil and to protect. So that's an amulet. The St. Benedict medal is to ward off Satan, an amulet. Then we have garments. So the Catholic Church has garments and one form is called a scapular or a garment with like two sides suspended from the shoulders. Think of like the stuff a Catholic priest wears. So that like piece of clothing on top of his robe. So it's not like the little scarf thing he has but it goes like down his back and in the front anyway you can look it up it's called scapular one particular scapular has two segments of cloth and it has the form of like a small shield on it one is made of blue and the other of black cloth and one of the bands of cloth is blue and the other one's black so like on the blue side the shield is black and on the black side the shield is blue So both um, of those um, represent, both little things, represent the uh, archangel St. Michael slaying the dragon with the inscription, uh, qui 
ut Deus, meaning who is like God. Probably murdered that, but anyway. This is very similar to ritual garments worn in witchcraft practices as well as pagan rituals. I found that very interesting. I never thought of the priest's garments or holy men in the Catholic Church garments as being um, part of the, I know it's part of the religious wear, but I didn't think of it as like being a, uh, a, an amulet basically um anyway holy water that's used to drive away evil and the catholic church has even given its blessing to be used by someone other than a priest as long as you're not using it while performing an exorcism which is a priest's only thing um and should be its own like someday i'll do a whole episode on exorcisms because i find them fascinating anyway i digress (laughs) one example that i wanted to share with you is an ancient last supper charm that is aged around 1500 years ago. It's a piece of papyrus with text on it used in a locket or pendant. The It's the first ever found like item to refer to the last supper and use of magic in the Christian context. It was written in Greek and on the back of the grain and on, it was written on the back of a grain taxed tax receipt so like think go to your groceries get some groceries and you write this on the back of your receipt (laughs) someone would have worn it around their neck as protection from evil or danger which as a which is a practice that we spoke about earlier that originated in ancient egypt egypt and was later adopted by early christians in that area um so that basically they just replaced prayers to egyptian gods with passages from the bible this is what this one in particular says and i quote Fear you all who rule over the earth. Know your nations and peoples that Christ is our God. For he spoke and they came to being. He commanded and they were created. He put everything under our feet and delivered us from the wish of our enemies. Our God prepared a sacred table in the desert. In the desert. desert for the i'm fucking hungry for the desert i'm on a diet for the desert for the people and gave manna of the new covenant to eat the lord's immortal body and the blood of christ poured for us in remission of sins i'm so sorry i'm so sorry desert desert oh my god i should delete that but i'm leaving it (laughs) I just want food. Anyway. Oh, God. So there's, there is evidence of the use in amulets and talismans in Christianity. And I wanted to point that out. So this particular little tiny piece of paper that would have been put in t- inside of a charm is literally the first time that they found reference to the, the Last Supper. So it's a very significant piece of archaeological evidence of that particular um, act. And when they, you know, did the whole, I'm going to eat your body and drink your blood thing. So I was looking also in uh, the Islamic history for use of talismans and amulets. And it's kind of a bit muddy for we, for me, and I didn't quite understand all of it because there's different sects of Islamic beliefs, of Muslim beliefs, and I, some of it, like, forbid, some, some of them for, forbid any use of charms, but had exceptions for certain things, 
and some like encouraged wearing charms. So examples of worn amulets um, would have been like necklaces, rings, bracelets, coins, armbands, and shirts, like garments. In the Islamic context, they can be also referred, these garments can be referred to as uh, haviz or protector or uh, hilama, meaning that's the pen, the word for the pendant is himala, I believe. Anyway, I, I didn't want to like touch too much on it because I really did not understand all of it and I don't want to give you guys shitty information. So if somebody is an expert in that, please, you know, enlighten us. So I'm just going to touch on a few other cultures that use charms before we go on to kind of how to do it. So Buddhist, Hindu, Hindus, Native Americans, those, those are just a few that have um, history of using charms. I'm not going to go over all of them because literally if I went over every example in the world history of using that, it'd be like a month long episode. It would be continual. It would take forever and I don't have the knowledge <laughs> to, to be doing that. So let's talk about how, you know, we as modern witches can use jewelry as charms. So many ways. <laughs> I'm going to be pretty general with my example because there are so many different witchcraft and spiritual practices that have specific deities or traditions that they follow. So I'm just going to go from what I know. Okay. So first let's go with amulets. As I mentioned in the beginning, amulets are to repel, to ward, to keep bad shit away from you. Right. So protection is the most common one I've found examples of. Um, one of my most worn amulets is a smoky quartz ring. I love that the smoky quartz filters shitty energy and I feel like it's a protective stone for me. So I, I definitely use that one. You can use any crystal that you feel is protective though. Um, some examples will be black onyx, black tourmaline, tourmaline. I seriously can't talk today. Labradorite or obsidian. Now, these are just traditional examples, but if you have a favorite crystal that isn't on this list, that's fine. Um, it is the ritual to empower it that gives it its purpose and its, and its energy. I have other amulets like a necklace and a bracelet I do wear sometimes. Um, I also have ritual garments that are for, for protection while I do witchcraft and ritual work. My garment is a long um, lacy swimsuit cover that I got off of Amazon. It's pretty sheer, so I only wear this in my witch cave by myself. <laughs> it is one of my, one of the ways that I like to make my rituals sacred is to have a specific garment to wear um, while I do that stuff. I also have crystals like all over the house <laughs> and they I have empowered specific ones to protect us and our property from like the mundane and the magical these aren't just crystals or objects I, I have like done um, spells through witchcraft using witchcraft to do the job for us um, an example of a talisman I wear remember talisman talismanifest so to bring or attract something to me would be my garnet ring and necklace these uh, I charm to bring me sensuality um, raw power courage and balance I love wearing them because I feel so freaking badass <laughs> I've been wearing them a lot lately and I can really feel their influence on me and my energy. And it's just so amazing. Another talisman is a little bag of crystals, oils, and herbs that I have at my front door to attract prosperity and abundance. Uh, I spoke of the little bag I put under our bed for love and romance in the last episode. That would technically be a talisman as well. Tattoos can be tam <laughs> talismans or amulets to protect and to manifest. 
Again, these aren't specific to any practice, and I'm sure some practices have different rules or way of going about this. This is just my own experience with it. So an example from my husband, uh, who is absolutely 100% not religious at all, wears a silver cross that his grandpa that passed away gave him. He says that he just feels off if he doesn't wear it and most definitely wears it to protect himself and is the only piece of jewelry besides his wedding ring that he wears daily and nightly. Like he never takes that thing off. So let's talk about how you can charm an object to be a talisman or amulet. So I have specific rituals that I use, but I'll give you like a stripped down example of one way that I do it. So I prepare for this just like I would any spell work or ritual. I cleanse, uh, smoke cleanse my sacred space, my altar and my altar tools. I smoke cleanse myself as well as wear an oil blend that I use specifically for spell work to empower myself. Um, if I already have some jewelry charmed for this specific purpose, I'm going to put those on. I usually have some kind of like music in the background to set the mood and music helps elevate the vibration of the area. And what I'm, what we're essentially doing when we do spell work is raising energy to perform specific tasks. So, um, I call the directions or elements and create a circle, but that's a personal preference. Um, you don't, it's you to you. I have a specific blend of loose incense for each intention. So I will have that burning on my altar as well as a candle for the same intention. Um, there'll also be a water dish, a bowl of herbs and crystals, uh, also on, uh, my altar. It's specific to the intention I'm working with. Um, so once I get started, um, I pass the piece of jewelry or whatever it is over the smoke and ask the element of air to bless this item with the intention that I'm wanting. Then I do the same for the flame. Um, I dunk it in a bowl of water and then I lay it in the bowl of herbs and crystals with the same kind of wording, actually asking for each element to empower the object. If I'm wanting this jewelry, man, why can't I say jewelry today? Fuck. If I'm wanting this particular jewelry to be a symbol of my connection to a deity, then I usually will have their candle, the deity's candle, an offering bowl of herbs um, and crystals for them, uh, a bowl of water with their corresponding essential oils in it, and a specific incense uh, for that deity. If, um, I just want to point out, do your research on the item that you're in, in, uh, enchanting or charming um, first to make sure that water or oils will not ruin your jewelry. If it isn't water safe, then pass it over the top of the bowl of water and say the same thing. It's, it's whatever you want. So I leave the jewelry or item in that bowl of herbs and crystals on my altar overnight. Sometimes I will use the cycles of the moon to do this. So I'll leave it on my altar for a whole moon cycle or whatever phase that I'm looking to use that energy, I guess, for, with, I don't know. I can't talk. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> to end the spell work, I light um, my candle gratitude and focus on my intention work and give thanks to the elements deities and to the results of this spell. So I'm already acting as if... The spell is done, the effects are uh, active at this point, and um, I'm thanking everybody that I had asked to help empower that item. Thank you. Then I close my circle, I ground myself, and go have something to eat and drink. Um, I always have something to put in my tummy afterwards because it helps with easing your energy back to balance so you don't, so you don't get that like after spell work crash once the high wears off. <laughs> um, 
there are much more elaborate ways to charm an item, but that is just the one that I find that I use a lot and I could easily explain it to you guys without a visual. Um, get creative and make your own if you feel called. Um, I love to make my own spells and rituals because I feel more empowered with those I create. A good start is heading over to Pinterest and typing in the spell that you want and then using that for your framework. You can reword it, add or leave out things. Um, it makes it way easier to get like a starting point to jump off of when creating your spells. Um, and I don't care if others may feel like this is cheating. Stay in your lane, Karen. No offense meant to actual Karens out there. Sorry. So I hope that you learned something today and that you can find some of this useful. <laughs> um, I want to say that I have been, my, my mind and my energy has been heavily on those affected by this cold um, front that has moved, moved through the U.S., especially our southern neighbors that are just really having a hard time. I feel so bad for everyone involved, all the animals that are cold. Like, this is ridiculous, and I cannot wait until this weather leaves us all. <laughs> like, it's it's ridiculous how cold it has gotten. Um, we, we have been fortunate not to have lost our electricity as of right now. We still have power. I have a wood stove to heat the house if I need to. I've been using it and um, not using as much as our, like, electricity during the day to try to help out. Um, what else is going on? Oh, our TV broke. Like, literally, I was in the middle of doing a workout, and it just died. Like, I was doing a, a video. It just died. So, I'm like, whatever. Luckily, we have a backup TV, so it's not that big a deal. Just kind of annoying. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, I hope everybody is doing okay through this little, this last leg of Mercury retrograde. I hope you're doing okay. It ends on the 21st. Don't forget that there is like a shadow period afterwards that kind of is a wind down of all the effects that um, Mercury retrograde has on us. <laughs> so you can still feel it for like a week to 10 days afterwards. So just stay grounded. Um, meditate people meditate. I know that people, it's, I'm sure I sound like a broken record, but meditation is the basis of all the things I teach, really. Um, if you can become mindful um, and self-aware, there's like nothing you can't accomplish at that point. Like it's, it's amazing. So five minutes a day, that's all you have to do. Um, make it a, make it a practice and I'll, yeah, I'll stop talking about that now. <laughs> I wanted to give you guys another hint as to what my offering that I'm going to be offering, I guess. God, I think I said that the last time I gave a hint and offering. Yeah. Anyway, the stuff, the thing that I'm going to be offering you guys as a service soon. Um, this is the, the next hint. Accountability. Just that word, accountability. That's the, the next hint that I'm giving y'all. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you're doing all right. If you want to join the coven, go over to uh, witchywomanpodcast.com and join the coven. You can join our uh, free free group as well, Witchy Woman Friends on, on Facebook. Um, don't forget, I'm getting a lot of people uh, requesting membership to that free group, but not answering both of the membership questions. There are two that you have to answer yes to to join. It just helps us like kind of sift through and filter out some of the scammers. So don't forget, answer both of those questions. If you haven't, if you got denied or something in the past, it's because you didn't, uh, uh, bleh, hmm, Mercury, huh? 
you haven't answered both both questions and there's so many people that request that it's um, overwhelming to us. So if you just don't answer them, we just will kick you back to try to reapply or re redo the questions. Anyway, this is kind of a shorter episode, I guess. I mean, sort of. It's like 31 minutes at this point, I think. But anyway, um, I have a, a really special episode planned for next week. So um, look out for that one. I won't give any hints on that one because I kind of want it to be a surprise. But anyway, I hope you all are doing well. I just said that. I'm going to stop talking now. Until next time, stay witchy. Bye-bye.